0: Welcome to Talks with Dad, insights from a Brazilian-American social entrepreneur. This is Eliezer Newman. I'm a psychotherapist, educator, and the founder of The Soul Directed Life, and I'm the dad. One of the most amazing people in my life who constantly impress me with his passion and dedication to helping and inspiring others is Adam Newman. Brazilian-American social entrepreneur working in the favelas of Rio de Janeiro, and he's the son. When we realized how much precious information we're sharing in our conversations, Adam and I decided to create Talks with Dad. We know the core problems in the world. Our purpose here is to give you the inspiration to bring your resources, whatever they may be, to become part of the solution. Please join us now for insights into the mind, heart, and life of a social entrepreneur in Brazil. Welcome to Talks with Dad, our background music courtesy of Creative Community. Hello, Brazil. Hello. <laughs> Hi Babe. Bom dia, good morning. <laughs> Bom dia. Well, we're, we're, we're again creating Talks with Dad. And we, uh, we went through a process that helped me evaluate what it is we're about here. Why, what about these conversations is valuable? And actually what I came up with is something that I talk with my counseling clients a lot about which is to be fully engaged and reflective at the same time. And I tell them that, that, that all the goals of any kind of counseling, therapy, personal growth, spiritual practice is about being fully engaged and reflective at the same time. Sometimes I talk about it as being the, the best actor you can be in your movie. And at the same time, <laughs> being in the audience and being a critic who's watching the actor and, and giving feedback and giving direction and instructions at the same time. And on the, on the same level, I talk a lot about the micro and macro approach to, to to living to life. And in a way, that's the same thing. The micro is the details of your life, the day-to-day actions you're taking and the engagements you have with others. And the macro is kind of your life philosophy, the big picture, the thing that's that's driving you and, and how you fit in to the world and, 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 and where the world is in this moment in time and how, how does it need your gifts? So in that context, I'm here with my son, Adam Newman, and we're doing talks with dad. And we're uh, in the midst of the second wave, some say of the Corona pandemic and what's the subject that comes up so frequently is how are things in Brazil? But before we do that, I think we just do a quick overview um, of who is this guy, my son Adam Newman, the social entrepreneur, American Brazilian, six years in the in the favela of of Brazil. So what I, what I thought we'd do is just to in order to understand anything you're going to say and and where are you going to say it from i think we have to understand what it is that you've created over these years and i wanted to go just briefly over the the entities that you've created or co-created and that you're engaged with on a daily basis and and maybe we can just start with um with favela experience which in my mind is a so, social impact tourism um company so can you just give us like just a couple sentences on each of these to starting with favela experience
1: yeah for sure well uh thank you for that that uh amazing reflection Uh, uh in the spirit of what you were saying which is about uh being fully present and uh and reflecting at the same time i'm uh sitting on the uh terrace of my house Uh, surrounded by the jungle at the edge of the favela, looking out over the ocean. And as I'm listening to you, trying to be fully present on the call, there's uh, 15 monkeys in front of my room, one of which is laying on his back while the other one rubs his belly. (laughs) (laughs) So I was fully engaged with you as well with the belly rubbing. (laughs) <laughs> and i was re- reflecting on how beautiful this moment was all all at the same time
0: <laughs> well, the, the the monkeys sound like they're fully present with each other
1: <laughs> that's for sure that's for sure um yeah so um favel experience is is a social impact tourism company and uh i created favel experience because i wanted to uh build a business you know that I felt combined a uh, sense of purpose with something that was impactful and meaningful to the place that I live, but and also took advantage of all of my of all my skills and strengths and things that I like to do. So, as you know, building a business is hard. As long as I'm enjoying what I'm doing, the theory is then it'll be easier to do. Uh, so, so that's why I started Favela Experience. And when I first came down to Rio de Janeiro. Um, you know, people in Rio would tell me, look, Rio's not that dangerous of a city um, in comparison to other places. Like everybody thinks, you know, when I first moved to Brazil, everyone thought I was crazy. You're moving to Rio. It's the most dangerous city in the world. What are you thinking? You know? And when I got here, people would say, look, it's not that dangerous, but there's just one rule. And that is don't go to the favelas, you know, and, and, for, for anyone that's listening that doesn't know what a favela is, it's it's uh, basically a slum, right? It's a low income community um, that were traditionally created through the occupation of territory that by by, by large swaths of either ex slaves or northern uh, Brazilian immigrants who were coming to Rio looking for opportunity. And so, when I looked around the city, it's like, well, the majority of this place is favelas. How can you tell me like not to go there? and say that's how you're safe in the city, then, well, then the city's not safe, right? And uh, when I asked people on a deeper level what their real experience was, like, okay, you've been to the favela and you've been robbed, or you know people who've been robbed, or something's happened that that makes you have this uh, understanding, uh, none of them had actually had any real experience in the community, and most of them, their opinion had just been uh, conceived through listening to the media. And so I... You know, in my uh, my way of always wanting to be radical and, and prove, uh, you know, that everything isn't how people think it is, I decided to walk up into the favela by myself in my second week here in Rio uh, with no Portuguese skills and feel it out and see what the reality was. And, and what I found was something totally different, which was... Um, You know, these amazing, simple people who are just like you and me are just trying to make make things happen, you know, and of course, there's drug traffickers and police and and all the and and all these negative elements are there. Um, But the majority of the the community are just people and people trying to live their life and uh, who are amazing creatives and entrepreneurs and have all this knowledge and skills and so much that they want to share and in some cases are sharing. But most people don't know about it. So that's why I created Favela Experience, you know, was to create this social impact tourism company that would open up this amazing world of culture and diversity uh, to people from around the world coming to Rio, looking to get to know the city, but were avoiding, you know, um, a place that's that where one in three people live because they were being told not to go there. And, uh, and so over the, the next five years, you know, we built Favela Experience into, into a company that, um, you know, brought over 5,000 people to 40 to 10 different favelas um, from 46 different countries. And we generated uh, almost a quarter of a million dollars in revenue for the favela communities. And so the idea was, let's build the company from the inside out. Like, let's integrate people from the favela into the process of creating the business where the experiences are designed by them to show their community the way they want to show it. Um, and where the majority of the revenues that were generated from those experiences would go back to those communities and back to those people. And let's have the business be uh, actually located in the community. And so that meant I had to move into the favela along with uh, you know, my co-founder, Rodrigo. And and that's that's kind of how everything started. And through that process, we you know we built a travel agency and a series of hostels and homestay networks and all kinds of other things. Um, but in its essence, that's that's what Faval Experience was. And what we showed was at the base of everything, uh, you know, what what keeps us all connected is our humanity. And when you can create safe places where people can be present and reflect. <laughs> then uh magic can happen and and I think that's what travel's all about.
0: Yeah, so so I understand uh from the website the favela experience is about helping favelas thrive and tourists come alive. Got it. And so maybe that's uh that's a summary of of what you just said including some some good background about how how you got there. So what about Favela Inc? Well, Favela Inc.
1: was born through my experience with Favela Experience. So um, after, you know, five years of, of building Favela Experience, in which I, I visited like, um, I don't know, over 120 different favelas in the process. And, and because when I started the company, I also didn't speak Portuguese. Um, and most Brazilians don't speak English. So what happened was I was forced to spend a lot of the initial process of creating the business, uh, listening, uh, sometimes by choice and sometimes not by choice. (laughs) But, uh, because of that, I learned so much and, and I wasn't even capable of maybe let's say expressing my judgment or expressing questions. I would just kind of had to take things in. Um, and so through that process, what I realized was that there was this consistent, set of problems that i saw in all of the different favelas as i you know as i went and visited um entrepreneurs and people doing interesting things and having interesting events and you know as i was looking for potential activities or experiences that we could offer on the favela experience platform um i met all of these you know these leaders and uh, social impact uh developers and And, and when I asked them questions like, you know, what are your biggest challenges or what's going on? um, It was the same story over and over again. People were creating things, putting tons of time and energy into creating things. And then those things died. Those things go away, you know? So uh, the government would come into the community with some major social initiative and spend tons of money and and it would be beautiful and amazing at the beginning and then it would go away or you know new ngo would come into the community and create something and it was gone uh, over and over again and when i asked the responses was was basically the same um and that that was that they lacked access to the skills to the knowledge to the resources uh that they need in order to build you know sustainable organizations and and to not be dependent on the government or dependent on external factors in order to create whatever it is that they're creating and so we decided to that you know in our in our journey to try to create sustainable long-term impact uh just working in enough because uh i mean it's great to bring people to the community and break down stereotypes and generate visibility and generate into the community, but you're not fundamentally changing anybody's life by doing that. And if people don't have the tools to manage that money, to invest that money, to create structures, to build on top of that, then it doesn't matter. And so that's why we created Favel Inc. Favel Inc. It's a nonprofit social impact incubator. And we're focused on education and incubation. And we focus on marketing, business management, education and those areas were chosen based on that feedback that we got from those people
0: perfect and what about nova era
1: well nova era doesn't exist anymore today uh, at least not yet it it may come back who knows (laughs) but uh nova era was something that was born also through the favela experience creation process which was our which was our physical space right so that was our co-working and co-living space uh, focused on creating a place where those people that didn't want to just come to the favela for a week or i'm sorry for a day but actually wanted to come and have a deeper more immersive experience where they could live in the community and meet and become friends and family with the people in the community. And in some cases, offer their knowledge or their experience in exchange for accommodation. Um, could come and, ha- and and live together uh, in community, not both inside the the co living space itself and in the favela itself. And, and we'd always say that we're building a community inside the community. Um, so that was the goal of Nova Era, and uh, I mean it was super successful. We received tons of guests from all over the world, and we had, we had an amazing time. Uh, and, 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 you know, we're able to have a successful business for, for some years there, but ultimately the, just the, uh, with the challenges of the Brazilian economy and, uh, low demand and, uh, spikes of violence at, at different moments of time, uh, and the impression that there was danger, maybe even when there wasn't, uh, made it really hard to keep the business going. So we ultimately had to shut down, uh, the space, but, uh, I have, uh, dreams one day that you know we can open that up great
0: so we're talking about things that are part of a vision and also the part of the vision that sometimes in the reality that we live in has to be released or at least uh put on uh put on hold for a period of time right and what about Floresta?
1: That, so, that floresta is, is uh, a seed that has been planted, uh, that, that is growing. Um, but I'm, uh, right now, we're not putting, I haven't been putting a ton of energy into that. But the, the idea of that floresta really is to leverage the, the knowledge and the experiences that I've acquired living in the favelas and apply it in the uh, aldeas. And aldeas is uh, an indigenous reservation um, in the Amazon so, uh, over the last three years, I've been periodically visiting usually once, twice a year, uh, the, the Yawanawa community in the state of Acre, in Northwestern Brazil and building relationships with the local people there and, and, and going through the same process that I've, that I've gone through in the favela, learning about the people, um, connecting with them, learning about their history and their challenges and just being, trying to become a part of their family and, uh. And, and again, I saw the same thing, which was entrepreneurship um, and the education, uh, entrepreneurial education, which ultimately is an education of empowerment, right? giving people skills and knowledge so that they can go and create what they want to create the way that they want to create it um, in the hands of, of the indigenous people would allow them to have the financial resources and the visibility in order to protect their forests and protect their lands and protect their medicine and the, the ancient knowledge, you know, that they've acquired over 10,000 years of living in the forest. Um, so the idea of the Floresta is, is a social business um, focused on helping commercialize consciously and responsibly uh, p- plant-based medicines from the Amazonian region that generate uh, sustainable revenue streams for the community and also offering uh, these immersive uh, you know, spiritual experiences where people can come and spend time in the indigenous reservation in a way that's more immersive and connecting uh, people to, to really the essence of the community in a way that, that, that the community uh, wants it to happen. So it's, it's really kind of a fusion of favela experience in the indigenous reservation. Um, and we've taken one group there so far. Uh, we were hoping to take two groups this year, but the uh, pandemic has, has thrown, a, thrown a twist in uh, the experience. But um, we've been continuing to help them sell uh, rape and, uh, and some other plant medicines that they produce there. Um, plant medicines that, are, that can be sold responsibly and uh, helping them generate some revenues through that way and through artisanal goods that they produce, uh, which has been really important, especially for these times during the pandemic.
0: Beautiful. And what about Humano?
1: Humano uh, is along the lines of Da Floresta, but it's it's an organization that right now is just two people. It's me and uh, my good friend Daniel Burry. Who is a VR film director um, and just an, a brilliant guy? And we, two years ago, won a grant from Google to go and spend a couple weeks uh, in the indigenous reservation producing a film uh, in virtual reality. And they gave us a, a really cool camera, and we put together a team and we trained the indigenous people over the set of various days and took them through a screenwriting process and basically they produced a virtual reality film about themselves and we just helped kind of lead the process uh, that they went through and so through that experience we also learned how technology can be applied in really interesting ways in places where people think either technology doesn't exist or shouldn't exist and we saw that it wasn't just because we thought it was a cool idea, but because they believed that it was something that they need to do as they modernize and look to use new types of tools and resources in order to bring consciousness about the importance of, of their existence and the importance of their people and the importance of the preservation of the forest. So we created Umano as this uh, platform to where we could continue to produce um, both media and and leverage technology in order to create a fusion between the future and the past in a way that uh, is a win win for everybody. Uh, so, moving forward in the future, there's a couple of different projects at the indigenous preservation, such as the creation of a of a, a indigenous school for teaching their in the indigenous language, um, a, a, a spiritual development center that they're trying to mobilize, um, that we hope to create these different um, technology media-based projects that in, in, in the process can also help generate some kind of income and awareness to facilitate the evolution of these different projects, and then hopefully be able to scale to other indigenous communities uh, throughout Brazil uh, on top of that model. Amazing. So that's, that's the concept behind Who All right, right.
0: Beautiful. You know, as we talk about this, I think we kind of are reviewing really the last six years of your life on, on, the, on the manifest level on, on, in terms of what you've, you've created or attempted to create or lived through. And yeah. uh, I, I think maybe bring us back to the reality of today and um, talk about uh, Viva Vigal.
1: Yeah. So um, for sure. I mean, it's been, it's been a hell of a journey uh, doing all these different things and you know, you, you, you go through a process, you identify an opportunity, you create a strategy and an idea, you put a name to it and then you launch it out to the world and you try to manifest it. Um, And, and, you know, I'm constantly going through that process and certain things work and other things don't but you know ultimately what you learn is that everything is uh temporary whatever that might mean maybe that's over 50 years or maybe that's over three months and you have to be willing and able to adapt in real time to the crazy shit life throws at you yeah and and so you know going into 2020 you had all these you know uh business plans and life visions and oh this is how 2020 is going to be the year of abundance and everything's going to be great and you know what, like so many other people around the world had it we're probably planning and uh you know come march uh the the pandemic starts and reality starts to shift and so you know initially we had no idea how long all of this was going to last is this you know is this going to be something that um you know is, is gone in a month and We just got to kind of lock up shop and hide out for a bit or, you know, nobody really knew what, what, what things were going to be like. So originally when the, when the pandemic was starting, my, my initial reaction was great. Like, let's take advantage of this time where we have to stay inside all the time to work on the, the hard things, the internals, the organization, the business identity issues, the types of things that. You know, you put off because there's so many external distractions or things going on, and and this will be a great time for us to accelerate, you know, this part of this side of the businesses, um, and when we come out of the pandemic, we'll be ready. That was like my an initial impression, and then as time went by, we started to see how serious uh, the, the situation was, and. Initially, we you know we wanted to help out um, the 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 incubes the 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 local entrepreneurs and um, nonprofit projects that are part of uh, Favela Inc. uh, and make sure that they had you know some resources or that they had um, you know food or donations that they could distribute to the to the kids and to the people the families that they serve during the pandemic. And so we created a um, form a google form survey and we sent it out to those five organizations and we asked them to fill it out so we could get an idea of what their situation is and ultimately be able to offer them supplies based on that on that reality so when we sent out that link somehow it escaped and was distributed all over the community and in less than 24 hours we had three thousand responses wow uh. And when we looked at the data of those 3000 responses, we said, Oh shit, this is, this is serious. There's a lot of families, uh, who are already broke and have no resources and people are losing their jobs at a rate that's so fast, people are not going to be able to feed their families. And we're, this is, could become a life or death situation, you know, in a couple months, uh, if nothing changes. And so it was a point where we realized, like, just from this Google form link that we created, all of a sudden we had more information about what was going on than anybody else did. And we saw that being who we are and where we are, that if, if we, we kind of had a responsibility to apply our network and our knowledge in this moment to try and help the people around us. And if we didn't do that, a lot more people would suffer than if we did. And so, um, we embarked on the creation of this of this collective that we call Vidigal Vivi Vidigal Lives, which is uh, we brought together fifteen about fifteen different organizations and individuals from from the favelas, the so local leaders, nonprofit organizations, and small businesses, and we said, "Look, guys, this is the problem that's going on. If we work together on the vulnerable families and distribution of donations." we can be a lot more effective than if we do this by ourselves. And so, last three months, we've, uh, you know, um, around $15,000 uh, from our international and local networks, which in Brazil is quite a bit of money. And, uh, and also been able to get level uh, partnerships, institutional partnerships to receive uh, food packages hygiene kits, masks, and other types of materials. And over the last three months, we've distributed about 30,000 kilos of food uh, in 2,500 families uh, here, in, here in Vigigal. And it's all been possible because of this this collective and because of us working together. And so now we're at a point where now things are transitioning again, and the the pandemic has slowed down a little bit, but people are still in a really serious situation. And we're in the process of, of leveraging all of this experience and all this knowledge that we've accumulated in two months of insanity. And we're creating a, an, a web app. Uh, so it's, it's both an application on the phone and a website um, called Vision. And the purpose of this app is to utilize all the data that we were able to capture about local families and residents Mm -hmm. and facilitate the local NGOs and organizations to have access to that data about the people that they're serving. So that when moments like this happen or when people need to distribute donations or education or resources or knowledge within the favela, they know who they are serving and what segment of the community they should be serving. And then we can create these digital relationships where, where the nonprofits can make sure that they're not serving the same people that another organization is serving. So uh, we call it vision because it's bringing sight. It's bringing the ability to see uh, to the community. And and we have a lot of high hopes for this, for this platform. We hope to eventually be able to, to, to make it available for other communities throughout the city. Yeah. So that's... Basically what's going on. Yeah.
0: So uh, just briefly describe uh, the last uh, whatever couple of months uh, in terms of your actual activity of distribution and and what role you've you've played in that.
1: Um, Yeah. So, I mean, every day starts early, you know, um, we uh, basically the process is, we, we have three days a week, which are distribution days. So those are days that we're actually distributing the goods in the community. Now, we have the problem of, have, um, you know, a, a conglomerations of people and, um, and trying to maintain social distancing uh, at the same time. And so we have to schedule the, the different families to come and pick up their, their food baskets at different times um, and organization and structure throughout those processes. So, so generally speaking, we start at 10 AM uh, arrive at the, at the space at 9 AM when we have to start cleaning and put alcohol on everything, um, setting up the space, receiving the volunteers, making sure the volunteers are trained in the different systems. We have somebody who works at the front door uh, who's responsible for organizing the people that show up putting alcohol gel on their, on their hands, and then allowing them to come into the space one at a time uh, every 10 minutes. And we have two volunteers inside who sit at the desks who are responsible for registering the people who are coming to get their goods. So before this moment, we had a process of registration where we signed up both through online platforms and both and in person, the different families and individuals um, in order to map out the key uh, pockets of necessity in the community. And then we prioritize families that were like large families with, where the, uh, the main income generators were unemployed um, and to, to receive the goods first. So, yeah, so the people show up at our space and we, we register them in the system and then we confirm all the documents of them and their entire family uh, also, to ensure that people can 't pick up resources in multiple locations throughout the favela, which was been a was a problem uh, in the past. people would pick up a benefit you know at one location and then go to another NGO and get something else and so there wasn 't enough for everyone so we created the the system that connected everybody and um, and over the course of a day from ten to five p m we just have people coming and going coming and going, receiving food packages and hygiene kits um, so we've been doing that every week um since you know the uh, beginning of april middle of april and uh, and then we have also some of the families who also who are sick or who are elderly or disabled and can't leave their house and so those people we have to deliver the goods to them so we worked with local motorcycle drivers uh here in the community we have moto taxis Um, And we've been working through those moto taxis to deliver those goods to those different families uh, in their homes. So that's kind of been the distribution process uh, over the last couple of weeks. And uh, now we're trying to evaluate how to continue supporting these families as things start to come back semi-normal.
0: Perfect. It's amazing work. And and what I want to conclude this segment with is um, uh, a, a way to connect. If people want to hear more about you, Adam Newman, social entrepreneur from uh, the, the Brazilian uh, favela, uh, they could, I would say, go to M Adam E, and look at your personal page, which also links to all these entities we've talked about today. Now, just tell us people who want to find out more about what you're doing day to day with providing the basic goods for people during these difficult times and who want to donate to that effort, where, where should they go?
1: Yeah. So to follow along on, on what's going on here on a daily basis, you can uh, follow Favela Inc on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, We're constantly posting, creating content about what we're doing and about the people that we're doing it with. And if you want to learn more about the project itself on a deeper level and be able to uh, donate to the cause, then you can go to favelainc.com um, and, or favelainc.com slash vidigal, V-I-D-I-G-A-L, V-I-V-E, vidigal, V-V. Uh, on that page specifically, you'll be able to read about the initiative during the pandemic and there's multiple different ways to donate independent of your location independent of the format you want to donate through um and yeah all i can say is that in this time the uh, international donations here is crucial uh for us to be able to keep going here and the exchange rate is higher than ever before so you know ten dollars or ten euros uh makes a huge impact here in, in brazilian uh, real terms and uh, we're really thankful for everyone who's been able to donate so far, and and uh, and hope to be able to continue supporting the community in this way.
0: You know, uh, when I hear you talk about uh, everything you're doing now and and everything you've done in the last six years, and I wonder when I was out cutting wood, running the chainsaw, <laughs> and and I just thought you were inside. I don't know, checking out a book, playing a video game, doing something simple. And somehow your mind must have begun this process a long time ago.
1: (laughs) Well, I I would actually go farther back than that. And I would say somewhere along the lines, your mind began this process. (laughs) And then Uh, they reached a point where where you reached maximum individual production capacity and you said oh, i guess i gotta create one more <laughs> i gotta create a couple, uh, a couple more and that order, was in your... order to expand the capacity
0: ah uh, that was you i see how it all happened okay
1: <laughs> so it's actually Very all good. your fault
0: <laughs> <laughs> this has been talks with dad and we're going to get into in future uh episodes we're going to get into some more personal details uh such things as as uh doing the dance between being in service and self-care and actually what a social entrepreneur's life looks like and feels like on a daily basis and some of the challenges, some of the struggles, some of the amazing opportunities. But right now, we say goodbye and we hope for this pandemic to teach us what it's here to teach us, for us to receive the lessons that we need to learn for us to make the changes in the fabric of society, to implement the the righteous values that allow us to live together in peace, safety, and, and health. Amen. Hmm. So may, uh, may your individual efforts continue, and may you be healthy, and all your entities be healthy. And uh, we'll check in next time with talks. with With that that. (laughs) love you